Ferg, we hope that you're doing well. This Auburn football team is 2-0 to start the year. Uh, what concerns you most about this football team so far, though? Uh, the concerns are the fact that Auburn's pass defense is not very good. Uh, they have been very leaky in coverage against two teams that really they shouldn't have had much struggles against. Um, they've won the game. They did enough. They made enough plays. But uh, just the way teams are completing quick passes on Auburn and kind of moving the field on them is, is a concern because Penn State did this last season to Auburn, and they did it at a really good rate with Sean Clifford. He's back this year. Uh, he doesn't have Jahan Dotson back, but he's got pretty much everybody else back at receiver. He's also got Mitchell Tinsley, who's a really good Western Kentucky transfer uh, that's kind of replaced Dotson in that role. Um, so that's a big concern. I mean, Auburn's simply just got to play better on the back end in order to have a chance to win this game on Saturday against Penn State and, and to be a decent football team moving forward. On offense, I don't know if I have a, as much concern about Auburn's offense just because I think you know there's still a lot of stuff we haven't seen from them yet because of the nature of the first two games. Um, but, you know, you need more consistency out of your offensive line. Uh, you need more consistency and less mistakes from your quarterbacks. Um, and you want to you want to see your wide receiver step up and play a little bit better. So, I mean, pretty much everybody on this team, on both sides of the ball and in the coaching staff, can improve and and, and take steps forward. They they're going to have to for Auburn to be a good football team. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to you know have a they're doomed to a bad season or that they can't improve. I think a lot of that can change here in these next couple of weeks. Um, but they're going to have to they're going to have to do it pretty quickly because uh, Penn State is bringing a pretty good football team into town. Flip the script. What are the uh, biggest reasons for optimism for Auburn football through two weeks? Uh, I, I think they can run the football pretty well. I think even though the offensive line's got some new faces and they haven't been super, super consistent, uh, I think Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and now with Damari Austin, they've shown an ability to break tackles, bounce to the outside, and make some really good plays, um, You know, even if the blocking isn't perfect every single play. Um, so I think that's a really good sign. I think those two guys – and the addition of Austin, they've improved there. Um, you know, I, I think I think TJ Finley is continuing to get better as, as a quarterback. Um, you know, he, he bounced back really well from his problems against San Jose State. Uh, he's just got to do it against much better competition here moving forward. Um, so, but uh, you know, I, I think I think you've seen some improvements from Finley. I don't know what his ceiling is, uh, you know, as a starter, but like uh, you know, he is trending in the right direction after having a couple of. You know, really, uh, you know, a couple of bad throws against um, Mercer, and then a uh, really bad one against, um, you know, a really bad start against San Jose State. But he bounced back well from that. And on the defensive side, I think Auburn's defensive front's going to keep them in a lot of games. We saw this last year against Alabama. We saw it in a lot of other games. Auburn's getting a ton of pass rush. Um, you know, I know people are sitting there saying, "Well, they're not getting a lot of sacks." But like, man, they are getting after the quarterbacks, um, and they're doing their part, and they're stopping the run at a really, really high rate. That defensive front is going to keep Auburn competitive against a lot of teams, and I think it's going to keep them competitive this weekend against Penn State. You have Derek Hall. You have Colby Wooden. I think uh, Ekuliotis had a fantastic start to the season. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Harris has improved. Um, you know, Guys like Marcus Bragg, uh, Jeffrey Imbaugh, and some others have, have been good pickups for Auburn. Jason Jones, obviously, uh, playing a starting role in certain packages. That defensive front looks really good. Um, Cam Riley has had a great start to the season. I think Owen Papo's getting back into the swing of things, coming off that injury. So, defensive front, I, I, you know, if, if I'm building a football team, what I want first and foremost is a quarterback that can win me games. But the second thing I want is an elite defensive front, and I think Auburn potentially has one of those. 
Um, so they got to get better around those guys, and they can also get better. But, you know, I really, really like that, that defensive front. And even if they don't get the stats that people may expect against teams like San Jose State and Mercer, I thought they played well in both games, and they're going to have to play well for Auburn to have a chance to beat Penn State on Saturday. Justin, you talked about T.J. Finley there, but I want to get your uh, get your takes on the quarterback position as a whole so far but, uh, after two weeks of the season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a situation that I thought was probably going to happen early in the year. Uh, I think the last game, you know, maybe it kind of happened a little backwards in this case. But, you know, T.J. Finley's your starting quarterback. He's going to get the majority of the reps. Robbie Astor's still coming along, right? You know, he, he's, he's, he's really talented as a runner. He opens up the running game for Auburn. Um, he, he, he provides a lot of value there. You want to get that on the field uh, when you can, but he is still very much developing as a passer. I think Saturday night against San Jose, San Jose State showed that. I don't think he's got the full scope of the offense under his belt yet because he is new. Um, so I don't know if he can do all the things you want your starter to do at this point, but he's coming on and he's developing. I think week by week you're going to see growth out of him in a position where he can continue to help out Auburn in different ways. But the main thing is T.J. Finley's got to be your guy right now because I don't think Robbie Ashford is ready to be the guy at the moment. Instead, he's a really good playmaker that you can use situationally. The big thing for Auburn is T.J. Finley's got to take advantage of the fact that he's playing these next few games at home um, and, and get some good momentum going um, because you know he's got the ability to make some really good throws and some really good plays. He's just got to get a lot more consistent and cut down on some of those mistakes. Ferg, something I really haven't heard many people talk about, but it was something in the preseason that was at least hinted that there would be more of this this year, is Tank Bigsby's involvement in the passing game as a receiver. He was actually the most targeted player for Auburn in the San Jose, San Jose State game. So what are your thoughts on him trying to develop as a, as a multifaceted running back trying to catch more passes out of the backfield? You know, he's your best football player on offense, and you need to get that, that player as many touches as you can. Um, you, and you don't necessarily want it to be every single time him slamming into the to the line as hard as he can, right? You want to get him out in space because he is a dangerous guy at breaking tackles and evading uh, guys um, you know, upfield. So, yeah, him being a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, can line up a receiver, is definitely going to help this team. I think Auburn's been very, very vanilla in their passing game the first two weeks of the season by design. I don't think they've shown a lot. I don't think they've really done a ton uh, on, on, on film that kind of stands out. I think part of that is because they're playing Penn State and they want to throw new stuff at Penn State that they haven't seen on film yet. So um, I think Bisbee's going to be a part of that. But yeah, it's just not only making Auburn a better offense because it's easily more targets and more touches for your best player, it's making him a better running back because He's got an NFL future, and the best way to get on the field in the NFL is be a guy that you can you know, keep out there, uh, even if it's third down or it's an obvious passing situation. So I think Tank developing that part of his game is only going to make him better, and um, you know, I'm not surprised that Auburn has already showed some of that this season. When looking at this Penn State team in particular, what kind of matchups are you looking forward to watching? What might be conducive to success for Auburn, and, and what might give Auburn some trouble? Auburn's defensive front versus Penn State's offensive front is the biggest area of advantage for Auburn in this game. Penn State's offensive line has got a really good center uh, coming back this year. Uh, Juice Brooks, he's, he's really good, um, but their tackles are experienced, but they've got two new guards starting. Last week against Ohio, they gave up five sacks and eight tackles for loss. They did not run the ball well at all against Purdue. They have not been able to run the ball well at all against um, 
you know, power conference opponents last season. I think they were 90th in that uh, a year ago. Um, so you, for Auburn, you got to take advantage of that, right? Um, Sean Clifford is a really good quarterback, and Sean Clifford made a ton of quick throws and hurt Auburn in a variety of ways last season. He's got good receivers uh, to, to lean on, but if Auburn's defensive front can make Penn State even more one-dimensional and then get that pressure on Clifford and really get him going, get him rattled, um, he's not the most consistent passer in the world. So Auburn's defensive front can be a difference maker. I think it's a lot like the Bama game last year where it's like even though – uh, you've struggled in your past defense and you've got a an opponent that's got some experience and some talent in that area of the game, that defensive front can win you a ball game or you know, can at least get you in a position to win the ball game. So that's a that is a matchup I think heavily, heavily favors Auburn. Um but, you know, the ones that you're if you're about, um Auburn's wider I mean Auburn's cornerbacks against uh, Penn State's wide receivers, um, you just gotta be better. You gotta tighten up. You've got experience back there. You've got dudes that are making you just got to quit busting coverages as much, playing with bad eyes, playing with bad leverage. Got to be a lot cleaner uh, because guys like Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley and the couple of tight ends they've got at Penn State, which they always have, are really good. Um, so, you know, and Clifford can get the ball to them. So that's one that you're going to – well, if you about – everywhere else, things kind of feel pretty even. Um, Auburn's offensive front versus Penn State's defensive front – will be interesting. Penn State's not a very disruptive defensive front. They don't get a lot of sacks or tackles for loss. They hold up against the ground game pretty well. Um, can Auburn's offensive line hold up, give Finley some time to attack that defense? Uh, that that would be you know ideal and, of course, create lanes for Bigsby, for Jarquez Hunter, and for Damari Austin. Another thing, Auburn's wide receivers need to step up because they got their hands full. That secondary for Penn State's pretty good. Joey Porter Jr. is a great cornerback. Uh, they have a safety back there whose name I'm blanking on that had six interceptions last season. They got a couple other guys that have been very disruptive, um, very ha- they're real habit creating, which makes sense because Manny Diaz is their new defensive coordinator, and that's kind of been his identity as the defensive coach throughout his career is, is, is being aggressive. So um, you know Auburn's wide receivers, they're going to get on some islands. They're going to get some opportunities uh, to make plays and win on one on one. They're going to have to do it because at Penn State secondary has got some dudes. And Justin, I want to stick right there for a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on the wide receivers because Ryan mentioned, you know, the Tank Bigsby had the most targets uh, on on the offense this past week, but the and the leading wide receiver was Javarius Johnson. He only had forty one receiving yards. What are, what's been your thoughts about their play this past week? Yeah, I think it's again very vanilla. They're getting a lot of wide receivers on the field, but they're not getting them the ball as much. And Auburn hasn't thrown the ball a lot in the first couple of games, so I don't really fault them quite as much. Um, I think Javarius Johnson just needs to get more targets. I think you need to make him a bigger part of your game plan. He's leading the SEC in yards per catch. He was your best deep ball threat last season. He's a good route runner um, in the slot. I think, you know, if you put him in the slot, you keep you, arguably Auburn's best wide receiver away from a guy like Jordan Porter, away from a couple of those other corners that are really good for Penn State. That might be an area where you can kind of exploit it and kind of manipulate the way Penn State defends you. Um, so he's got to step up. But, yeah, I'm expecting, like, Shed Jackson uh, to have the game. I'm expecting a guy like Corey Moore, who's played in some decently-sized games in the past, to get involved. And then Auburn needs a young guy or two to, you know, make their make their, a name for themselves in this game, whether it's Tavares Dawson, whether it's a Camden Brown, um, you know, or guys like that. I think you, you, need, you need to have um, some of these guys step up. 
having Malcolm Johnson will help back uh, this weekend after he didn't play last week. So, look, I mean, I thought the wide receivers looked really good and really clean against Mercer. I don't think they really got much of a chance to do anything in that game. I think they even got less of a chance to do much of anything against San Jose State. But what we did see out of them was pretty good. And if Auburn opens up this offense and gets more creative, uh, I'm sure those guys are going to be a key part of it. What do you think about orange jerseys? I don't like the thought of orange jerseys. And not because it's like, oh, it's tradition and you know you don't mess with the tradition. I just don't think they would look good. Um, I think Auburn's... Um, I think Auburn's triple stripe that they have on the jerseys. Um, if the, if orange is the main color and you have to flip it around, and it just doesn't look right to me. It never has. I think when they used to do it in basketball, it didn't really make sense for me as well. So, you know, if you're going to do orange jerseys, I think it would have to be something like pretty different than what you currently have. Um, so I'm not a fan of it. But it seems like the players are a fan of the idea, um, and those are the guys who really matter because they're actually the ones wearing it, you know, and they're they're the ones giving themselves, you know, permanent body damage playing football for everybody else's entertainment. So, you know, let them wear the clothes that they want. But I think, you know, I, I just don't know if it necessarily aesthetically looks right for Auburn. I love the orange face mask, though. I think the orange face mask is a really cool look. I'm glad Auburn, you know, was willing to kind of do some of that kind of stuff. Um, but I think also Auburn's traditional uniforms, they just, they're very clean. They flow together very well. Um, and putting orange into that, more orange into that, I think you would just throw some things off. So I'm not personally a fan of it, but if the players want to do it and they can figure out a way to do it, go for it. But I think more than likely, we're just going to see a lot of orange in the accessories and the face mask this weekend. You can follow Justin Ferguson on Twitter at jfergusonau and also make sure you check out the Auburn Observer and the great work that they do. Your uh, San Jose State Review podcast uh, that's been released titled I Never Say a Win is a Win from Coach Harson a little bit earlier in the week. I also follow Ferg on Twitter because I'm telling this guy's hilarious and I saw the other day where Robert Sala says the Jets didn't get beat yesterday. They lost. And Ferg quote tweeted that saying, live your truth, King. I don't know where you come up with that, Ferg, but uh, you're hilarious, man. Well, I'm glad at least somebody thinks that I'm funny. I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how good it is that it's JJ who thinks that I'm funny. At least, somebody, at least it's somebody, you know. At least I was scrolling through your I was scrolling through your timeline as well, and on Sunday you tweeted out that Steelers Bengals might be an all time stupid football game, and then retweeted yourself as the game went further along. And, yeah, and no, running back through that made me chuckle a moment ago. It's just like, you know, five turnovers and you still have a chance to win the game. <laughs> and then you miss the extra point, And then you miss another field goal. And then the other team. Like, it's just, it was so <laughs> dumb. It was so dumb. And, like, I thought that was going to be the dumbest thing I saw all week in the NFL. And then I watched what the Broncos did last night at the Horn <laughs> with their clock management. And it's like, I, I think I tweeted that as well. It's like. You know, the NFL is supposed to have the smartest people in football, and yet there's always a game every week where somebody doesn't know how to read time. And, like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, but, you know, that's just that's just, uh, that's just the NFL for you, man. It's just a lot of people thinking they're smarter than they actually are, and then they have to go out there and prove it. And, you know, we're going to try to kick the second longest field goal in NFL history instead of giving the quarterback we paid, you know, the GDP of a small country to, you know, to, to get five yards. Like, 
how stupid is that? You know, on the road, too. Like, it's just really, really dumb. I know Brandon McManus has a powerful leg, but it's like, hey, man, go do something that, like, only Justin Tucker's ever done before. And, like, you think that that's going to work with a game on the line? Like, it's insane. Thoughts on Baker Mayfield and my beloved Carolina Panthers? Well, I mean, you know, I, I thought I thought for, uh, you know, a moment there that it was, it, it was going to work out. I, you know, I'm happy for him that, you know, he – is in a spot where like he he's got to be the dude. He's looking like he's having fun out there. Um, probably sucks to lose to the Browns like that. <laughs> but um, I think my my biggest problem with that game was if somebody who owns Nick Chubb in fantasy. Why are we giving Kareem Hunt these touchdowns? Why can't Nick <laughs> Chubb score? You know why, why why are we letting Kareem Hunt get 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 all this all this going on? But yeah, I think it's gonna be a long season for Carolina. I don't think they're gonna be particularly good. I don't think that Matt Rule is long for the NFL. And um, yeah, yeah, they've got issues, but at least they got some pieces. Like McCaffrey being back is fun. I think Derek Derek's, uh, Derek should have a really good season up front. And uh, but they're just a team where it's just like. They're just bizarre. They're just bizarre. But really, I mean, props to them. They they had a chance to win, but I don't know if they're going to beat very many teams or be in a position to beat very many teams uh, that aren't like the Browns and are currently playing just somebody at quarterback because of because of suspensions or injuries. I hope you're wrong, but unfortunately, I think you're certainly on the right path with the logic there. We'll see. Uh, I, I will continue to keep pounding and see what it does for me the rest of this football season. All right, I for, want them to be good. I, I, I no. want them to be good. Don't yeah, we all? Like, it would be nice. It would be. I mean, I lived in Charlotte. I, I worked right across the street from the Panthers Stadium for when I interned for several months. Like I've. And Cam and all that. I've had a soft spot for them, but like, I don't understand anything they do. And every Sunday they play, I'm verified in that. Ferg, a former Queen City resident, across from yep. Bank of America Stadium. That's what you love to hear. All right, how can we uh, how can we get involved with Auburn Observer? Yeah, uh, go to auburnobserver.com and sign up. It's six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. You can. Read my newsletter from Monday on Auburn's past coverage, the film room breakdown there. There's a lot of it uh, that you can check out. Uh, today did a story on hidden yardage uh, and why penalties and turnovers are making Auburn look a lot worse than they probably actually are this season and why that's important to clean up against Penn State. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to break down all the things that are similar and different about Penn State in this matchup um, from what we saw last season. Thursday, we've got a podcast with my friend Audrey Snyder from The Athletic who covers Penn State. We'll preview the game from her perspective of a mailbag on Friday. We'll have observations and a recap podcast over the weekend. If you want all of that, if any of that sounds decent uh, to you, uh, it's $6 a month or $60 a year. We email everything we do to you. Uh, and uh, if you want to listen to our free recap podcast on the weekends, just search the Auburn Observer wherever you listen to your podcast. Ferg, I won't be at the game on Saturday. Uh, you'll have to say hello to Ryan and Brooks in the press box instead of me, okay? Yeah, well, maybe I'll play better. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Thanks for the time today, Ferg. We'll talk soon, okay? Yeah, see you, bud.